Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael. We've got a lot to talk about. Starting with CSU Women's Hoops, who picked up a just a massive verbal commitment in Kaya DeRoe on Tuesday, DeRoe, a former top 50 recruit in the entire country, according to ESPN. The plan is to get her on the podcast tomorrow, so really looking forward to that. She's going to be transferring over from Missouri, so just a big-time pickup for the Rams. Going to be talking about the latest visit for CSU football. Uh, CSU tennis picked up a big-time sweep, so all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, we are coming off of the national championship, which was just a really thrilling game between Kansas and North Carolina. I had quite a bit invested in Kansas pulling that one out, so kind of <laughs> kind of a stressful game for me. But we'll get into everything that I just teased. Real quick, though, golf season is in full swing. Get in on all the action on the course with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on the golf's first major and get $25 in free bets for every birdie Bryson DeChambeau sinks in the first round. DraftKings Sportsbook is a top-rated sportsbook app with a ton of ways to bet on golf. Get even closer to what's happening in the tournament and bet on who will win golf's first major, single round matchups, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR, bet $5, and win $25 in free bets for every one of Bryson's birdie in the first round. Join the action for golf's first major with the code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Like I said, Kaya Durow announced on Twitter that she is committed to CSU, will be transferring over from Missouri, was the number 47 prospect in the 2021 recruiting cycle after starring at Sabino High School in Arizona. Programs that recruited her in high school include Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, USC, Tennessee, Cal, Ohio State, Utah, Vanderbilt, Northern Arizona, Missouri, where she ultimately ended up, uh, Hartford, Texas, New Mexico, and San Diego State, both of which have great programs, UC Santa Barbara, Cincinnati, Florida, Kansas, North Carolina, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Texas, I mean, you name it. I found an article from the Arizona Daily Star in March of 2020. It talked about her relationship with the staff being the primary reason that she uh, recruited to Missouri. This is a quote. I have a really good relationship with the coach at Missouri, and that just made me like them a lot more over everyone else. She goes on to just talk about how they had been recruiting her the heaviest, the most consistently. 
another article from the Arizona D- Daily Star back in 2018. My main goal is to make it to the WNBA and be successful, so I'll do whatever it takes, and I have amazing people to help me get there. Watching Darrow on video, it's, it's pretty clear that she's a very skilled scorer, uh, listed at six foot one, athletic guard slash forward that can, you know, really beat you in a, in a variety of ways. The things that stood out to me about her, you know, again, it, it's kind of limited with the video that you can find online, but she's really solid handles. She's not afraid to put it on the floor and attack the hoop. A really smooth jump shot has the ability to create her own shot, which is always huge. And you know, just at six one, she's just she's tough to defend. I mean, she's she's quick. She's tall. She can get her shot up. It's it's going to be really hard for some of these smaller guards in the Mountain West to try and contest. And she has great touch around the hoop as well. So just a, a really gifted scorer, can score at all levels, finishes through contact, solid body control, solid handles. I mean, everything that you would want. And just a really exciting addition for this program. Like I said, I'm excited to get Kaya on the podcast and kind of talk about this decision with her, you know, ultimately why she decided to leave Missouri, what sold her on CSU, all of that, it's it's really exciting to see CSU taking advantage of the transfer portal. I mean, they've they've been able to get some legitimate production out of the people that they brought in in recent years. And Ryan Williams deserves a lot of credit because, you know, early on it, it was, you know, they, they kind of really relied on European players and, and international talent and that worked out. And then, you know, for a couple of years, the Rams were, were down and, and they just didn't really have the same caliber you know, athletes or skilled players that some of the top teams in the league did. And to me, it kind of seems like we've seen Williams, you know, almost reinvent his his recruiting style and and the way that he's, you know, built this program. And it's it's been really beneficial. Obviously, McKenna Hofshield comes in from Creighton, absolutely lights it up. She'll be back next year. And I mean, she's somebody that can score at all levels. She's obviously a phenomenal facilitator. You also have Kendall Kinzer coming back. The, the Fresno State transfer, who's been really productive. So, I mean, they're going to have a lot of different options when it comes to putting the putting the ball in the bucket. Like I said, though, we will have Kaya on the podcast, hopefully tomorrow. That's the plan, at least at, at some point this week, though, to talk about her commitment to CSU and, you know, her future aspirations and all that. I, I tried to pull up her stats on the Missouri website they have had a lot of players announce that they're transferring. And when I tried to click on the roster as well as, or even just like go to the, the C, the Missouri women's basketball page on their site, it's currently down. So I wonder if they're, uh, they're editing it. That happens every now and then when you see schools that, that get mass exoduses, but we'll just, we'll go over some of that on, on the next pod. Just briefly, before we talk about the latest edge prospect that visited for CSU football, I just wanted to just briefly give a couple of thoughts on the national championship game, a thriller between Kansas and North Carolina, North Carolina up 15 at halftime. They end up blowing it. They, uh, they've had a couple of chances. I mean, they, they blew it in the 2008 game against Kansas as well. Also had an opportunity to go back to back in 2016 and 2017. So kind of a lot of heartbreak in, in the big moments for UNC over the last 15, 20 years or so. But I think if you're a North Carolina fan, I mean, at that point, they were kind of just playing with house money. I mean, they were an eight seed, and and to make the run that they did was impressive. But the fact that they got to be Coach K twice, I mean, ending his career that way, that's that's pretty much as good as, as winning a ring in, in my book. But 
I, I thought that the best team and the most consistent team in the NCAA tournament ultimately won. You know, there there were high points for a lot of these teams. You know, Duke looked really good at moments. North Carolina obviously got really high. Gonzaga, Arizona both looked good early. Those were two teams that I had a ton of confidence in going into the tournament and really, you know, let me down. But Kansas was just really relentless in this tournament. I mean, up until the championship game, they didn't trail by like more than six, I believe. I think when they went down seven, that was their biggest deficit. Ultimately, that grew to, you know, 15 at, at one point. They, they, they got pretty discombobulated in the first half. I kind of felt like they were frantic and, and forcing a lot of things. They were playing like they were down 30 and, and not down 15. And that happens a lot in these big pressure games. But, I mean, to, to come out the way that they did in the second half was huge. Reminded me of some of those great dramatic CSU comebacks from the last couple of years. But whenever you're in that situation, I feel like the first, you know, four or five minutes are, are really huge because that's either where the, the other team expands their lead and then they really put you away or they potentially let you back in it and then they get back on their heels a little bit. And, and that's kind of what happened with North Carolina. And I, I do think that they regrouped well. Both of these teams were able to survive intense runs, you know, from the opposing squad. And it was just a really fun, exciting game. This, this championship, I talked about it before the game with Andre Simone on the, the pregame bets pod. And I hope you tuned in because gave you out, gave out some pretty good winners, came really close to a perfect game. I needed Kansas to get fouled at the end there and make two free throws. If they would have, if they would have won that game by five, I I basically would have hit every single bet I placed. Would have had a huge payout because I had Carolina at plus five and a half, but I also had Kansas at minus five. I mean, it was just that sweet spot where I could get money on both. Almost happened. Unfortunately, Harris stepped out of bounds. Then for a moment, I was worried that Kansas wasn't going to win at all, and that would have really screwed me, as would have overtime if, if North Carolina would have tied it there because then my under wouldn't have hit. Anyways, it ended up being a an exciting game, a profitable night for me, and like I told Andre before the, the game started, I feel like this was a really satisfying tournament because you got a ton of throwing upsets, you got all of the, the excitement and the chaos, but you still got to end up with some really high-quality basketball games in the Final Four. Duke-UNC was awesome. I guess Kansas-Miami wasn't that great. But the, the championship was awesome. The Sweet 16 was was especially phenomenal because you had a great mix of exciting, high-level basketball games, but again, with some of those upsets. And in the end, you get two pretty chalky programs, but still, I mean, you got two of the teams that were playing the best basketball and that were really hot, and that's what you want in this format. So I thought this year's tournament was especially awesome. Obviously, getting to to go out there and be there for a couple of games in the first round was especially amazing. Indianapolis is a great basketball town. Seeing St. Peter's upset Kentucky, incredible. I mean, really, the only thing it was missing was CSU beating Michigan. That's that's the only thing that could have made this tournament just a little bit better for me. Or you know, obviously, if they would have made the Sweet Sixteen or something, gone if they, if they could have you know not been bounced in the first round, but. All things considered, really fun tournament, really exciting outcome, and I, I feel like the best team won. It's a little bit silly, in my opinion, to be kind of talking about this at this point, but content, I get it. CSU is in basically everybody's way-too-early projected top 25 list. The, uh, the caveat there is obviously a lot of that is dependent on David Roddy coming back 
and then, you know, who they add on top of that. Logically, that's why it's a little bit silly to do these lists now because so much of the, the rosters are, are still in flux. But again, the, uh, the content cycle never sleeps. So I get it. Not throwing shots. I understand why people do it. I just think they're a little bit silly because there's not, there's just not a whole lot of value in them. All right, I want to uh, transition here and talk about football. CSU had a really intriguing edge prospect visit campus over the weekend. But real quick, before we get into that, I got to shout out Sexy Pizza. What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. You can choose your own adventure with a wide range of toppings or try one of their signature philanthropies. A portion of every sale of one of these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. If you are looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or event, go to www.sexy.pizza, check out their About page for the donations link, and see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. With a 12-inch, 16-inch, or 18-inch crust, Sexy Pizza is sure to be the right fit. Add on all the fixins with wings, salads, pasta, knots, or dessert options. Don't forget their vegan options. They have a delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust as well. You've got yourself a can't-miss hit. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, or Park Hill. They also just opened a location out in Trinidad. All right, I also want to give you my DraftKings Pick of the Week. DraftKings Pick of the Week. And that is the Denver Nuggets to win the Northwest Division this is something that you could have gotten at like plus 1500 a month ago. Even four or five days ago, you could have gotten it at plus 600. You can still get it at plus money at plus 150. As it currently stands, the Nuggets actually in, in great position. They're a half game lead above the Jazz in the standings. The Jazz swept the Nuggets this year, so this is kind of a, a counterintuitive bet, but Utah is just falling apart. They, they're, they're a sinking ship. You know, I, I hate to hate to be that way, especially because they're kind of a, a Nuggets rival, so it, it sounds like I'm just being petty, but I mean, you, you watch the body language, they keep blowing leads. It seems like the Mitchell Gobert thing is, is on the verge of collapse. They've got a really challenging schedule. They they play the Grizzlies on uh, tonight, and then they take on the Thunder tomorrow, another team that's playing really hard, and I think would just love to get in the play-in tournament. Then they have to play the Suns, and they end against the Trailblazers, who are terrible, but I, I just I have a hard time seeing them win more than one or two of these. So long as the Nuggets don't completely blow it down the stretch, I think they have a great chance to pull this out. I have bet on this every day now for about five days while it's still at plus money. I think it's a great way for you to just kind of make some easy money. So lock it in. My DraftKings pick of the week, Denver Nuggets to win the Northwest Division at plus 150. Get it while you still can. Telling you guys, if the Nuggets beat the Spurs and the Jazz lose to the Grizzlies, you're not going to be able to get that up plus money anymore. So I, I do hope some of you are able to take advantage of that. All right, let's talk football because CSU had a really intriguing edge prospect, uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end, whatever you want to label him as. DeAndre Gill, six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound edge out of Kentwood High School in Washington was committed to UCLA for a long time, ultimately decided not to sign there late, also has offers from Washington, Washington State, FAU, UNLV. Uh, He was being recruited by uh, Montana State when Freddie Banks and Adam Pillipal were there. 
And now this weekend, he he visited CSU. He posted a, a photo wearing the all-green uniform in the stadium. I mean, just looking at him, he's a dude with, with great size. Sometimes you see some of these listings, and then you can be a little bit skeptical. He looks like he legitimately is six foot five, 230 pounds. A guy that, when healthy, played both sides of the ball, tight end and linebacker. So really just a freak athlete. When you watch him on his huddle tape, it's it's clear that he moves extremely well for somebody of his size. But actually, the thing that, that really stands out to me is his patience. He's not, you know, out there glory chasing. He's allowing the play to develop, reading it, you know, staying true to his gaps and then, you know, making solid form tackles. Coming downhill, he, he's definitely a freight train. But again, you know, I, I just like that he's not coming in wild and, and you know, whiffing, trying to pop people. He's, he's wrapping up. Uh, you see a lot of instances of, of him taking people down by the legs. I mean, it's, it's really textbook stuff. Kind of based on the, the limited, you know, film of him in high school, it looks like they have him playing more of a, a true outside linebacker. I, I would imagine just based on his frame, you would probably put him as, as more of like an edge, you know, hybrid defensive end type guy. Just let him really go after the, the quarterback. But he moves well enough laterally. I don't know. It's it's kind of intriguing. I think you could really put him all over the field and, and have some success with it. But definitely appears to be a guy that if he ended up at CSU could be a, a big boost to the, the depth of the defensive line, you know, slash linebacker group. Like I said, on the last pod, I, I think the starters are, are pretty intriguing, but the, the depth in the front seven is definitely a concern. I think they could use another corner as well. It'll be kind of fun to monitor it. I, I reached out to DeAndre, so hopefully we can get him on the Rams pod and, and ask him you know, about what he's being sold on as, as far as CSU goes and just what he thought of the facilities, the stadium, all of that potentially uh, could be the the second, you know, former UCLA commit to, to come over in this 2022 class would be joining wide receiver Makai Fox, who will be here this summer. Those Pacific Northwest West Coast recruiting ties are, are just really being developed quickly here. And the, the staff deserves a ton of credit. Chad Savage, as well as, you know, the rest of the, the recruiting staff. It's It's impressive to see the way that they have so quickly been able to, you know, get get in the mix with players that are you know, being offered by, by P5 programs, you know, being recruited heavily by some of the other elite, you know, programs in the region, you know, teams like San Diego State, Boise, Boise State, stuff like that. It's just nice to see. It's also nice to see a, a staff that, you know, top to bottom is, is really doing everything in their power to, to put themselves in the mix with elite players because I think, you know, the, the last staff they did, land a couple of intriguing local guys. I'm not saying they didn't bring any talent into the mix or anything like that, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like there was an element of ego with it, with Adazio, you know, where he's just like, we don't even need to go out and recruit. We'll just find some guys and then we'll develop them because he's so much better at, you know, coaching than everyone else out there. And for the record, it's not that I don't like the idea of development. Obviously, being able to develop the talent you bring in is is a huge component of success. I just don't feel that CSU was in the mix with with the same caliber of of talented players that this Norvell staff seems to to be in the mix with. You know, whether that ultimately leads to more success or not, we shall see. But you have to bring in as much talent as you can. I mean, if if you're not if you're not trying to do that, you're not going to have a chance. Like, obviously, 
getting some diamond in the rough types and, and coaching them up, that's great if you can, you know, hit on a couple of those. But you can't win consistently if that's your philosophy for all 22 starters. If you want to win and win at a high level and do it consistently, you need talent. And and this staff has just been able to to get in the mix with a different caliber of players. And it's exciting. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the the system. But also, I think a lot of it has to do with the coaches themselves. They're high character guys, but they just seem cool. Like the, the, the general swag factor for CSU football is up significantly. That stuff matters. That matters when you're going into the homes of 16, 17-year-olds and you're you know, trying to win them over, you know, being relatable, being approachable, but also just, just being cool. And I'm not even sure that's something you can like, fake or, or quantify. And by cool, I don't mean like posting pictures on, on social media or like flexing, anything like that. I, it's just, it's a general persona. It's the way that you carry yourself. Like Nick Saban, for instance, obviously gets the, the reputation as a hard ass, and, and he is, but he also has a charisma to him and, you know, a swagger, you know, when he walks into that living room with, you know, a natty ring on his finger three and, you know, he's got the sweater on with the, with the collar out. It's just, it's the way you compose yourself, you know, like Dabo Sweeney, on the other hand, not cool. Steve Adazio, not cool. Jim McElwain back in the day, he was cool. He was a smooth talker, man. Now it also kind of turns out he was a, a bit of a used car salesman, but it doesn't change the fact that he just, he had a, a charisma to him, a, a level of confidence. I, like I said, it's it's hard to explain exactly what it is. It's just this aura. And you get that with Jay Norvell. You're like, this guy, he's just cool. Like I, I would like to sit down, have a hamburger, drink a beer, and watch football with this guy because I, I bet it would just be a great time. And for the record, it the the invite always on the table. The entire Norvell family, anytime they want to come over to the DMVR bar, we got a Wagyu burger with their name on it. Anyways, the, the vibes are just incredible right now. They're immaculate, and, and things are, are turning in the right direction for CSU football. We will see what happens with DeAndre Gill would be a huge addition, big-time pickup, and a guy that would be here this fall if he ultimately ended up signing. I believe the Rams have about four or so, you know, give or take one, scholarships to, to work with at the moment. That number could increase if, if some people ended up transferring out after spring ball. We'll kind of see, but again would definitely be a big-time addition. And, uh, yeah, things are things are turning. Things are turning. The vibes are good. You know where the vibes are also good, though? CSU Tennis. They swept New Mexico 4-0, and it's the first time that the Rams have won two conference matches in the same weekend since 2007-2008. Prior to beating the Lobos, the Rams also beat Air Force and Wyoming. They are currently 3-1 against the Mountain West, 9-6 overall. The three league wins already ties last year's total for the entire year. The Rams have never won more than five league matches in a single year, so that's going to be kind of something to keep an eye on. But it, uh, it seems like things are, are trending in the right direction with the, the CSU women's tennis program as well. They won their conference opener for the first time in 12 years last weekend. They beat CU this year. Uh, good things, you know, good things are happening. I'm not a tennis expert, but I just, I, I want to try and highlight these programs as best as I can. 
I got away from it a little bit. I think early on I did a better bit, uh, better of a job of, of kind of mentioning some of these other teams. It's hard because I just I don't cover them as in-depth. But, hey, I mean, mention them here at the end better than not mentioning at all, I would assume. So shout out to CSU Women's Tennis. We see you. Hopefully you keep it up on, on pace for a potential record-breaking season. I also see Adam Dawson, who was named the Mountain West Field Athlete of the Week. He earned it after a strong discus performance at the West Coast Relay. The, uh, the junior, who is a two-time NCAA All-American in discus, finished second in the discus throw at the West Coast Relays with a distance of 186, 186 feet 9 inches, excuse me, which leads the conference and ranks 12th in the NCAA West. It's 26 amongst all NCAA athletes. Uh, he finished 12th last year in the NCAA championship, so off to another strong start. Next up for the Rams is the Colorado Invitational this weekend, April 8th, April 9th, in Boulder. So nice local competition. Good luck to Adam Dawson and the rest of the track and field team. All right, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to another edition of What's Happening in Agland. I'm Justin Michael. We'll be back throughout the week with more content. Much love to all of you out there. Stay safe. Go Rams. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.